A choice right now between fear and love. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, Jay Hennehan. He is the host of How to Kill a Sacred Cow podcast, which is very cool. Uh, Jay and I met when uh, we both actually did the Union of the Unwanted a few weeks back. So um, we connected through there. He's an incredible dude, guys. His show is awesome. He's got a wonderful band. This is a different conversation than we've ever had on the show before, but I loved it. It was absolutely perfect. He is amazing. Uh, and we went all over the place with this, guys, from music to manifestation, numerology, uh, the C word, of course, and then his love of Greek pottery. Uh, the dude is fascinating. So uh, without any further ado, guys, Jay Hennehan. All right, ladies and gentlemen, very excited to have Jay Hennehan on the show. How are you, brother? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? Fucking A, dude. Every day above ground is a great day. Thank you so much for asking, man. Super excited to get you on. We've been just talking here for like the past half hour, and I was like, oh, shit, we have to record. We have a show to do. Uh, So that's how this guy is, though, uh, ladies and gentlemen. He is absolutely incredible. You will love him. Um, He is a singer in a band, and that's all I know about him. I think he's got a podcast, too. Um, But uh, so How to Kill a Sacred Cow. Jay, tell the folks just a little bit about yourself, my friend. Uh, yeah, so I'm Jay Hennehan. Uh, I run the How to Kill a Sacred Cow podcast. Uh, originally, it was just supposed to be a show that was that was trying to bridge the uh, gap, the chasm between the left and the right that had kind of grown in the uh, in the Trump era years. And I wanted to get people together and just have adult ass conversations so that we could, you know, maybe try to find some common ground. And then 2020 hit, and it just veered into a conspiracy theory podcast. And so that's just where I've been existing for the past year and a half. Although it's 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 in my wheelhouse anyways, but uh, it wasn't the original intention of the show. And um, yeah, and uh, I've just been plugging away at it for the, you know, since 2019. And uh, I'm also in a band. I've been in George Orwell, the musical. Uh, it's a it's a tech metal band. Uh, math core is what we call it. If you're if you're in the know. Uh, we've been in that band since we were all, uh, well, we've all been in the same band pretty much since we were 14, 15, 16, this particular band started when we were all like 17, you know, since about 2005, 2006, we've been together, uh, just trying to play the most difficult music that we can possibly play in a live setting. That's right. And, uh, your song, you graciously let me swap the intro song out for it. It sounds incredible, dude. You have a lot of, it, it's a really cool setup. You guys make some awesome music. I love it. I I'd been listening to it since you told me about it. Uh, all of your song titles have numbers in them. Did you guys do that on purpose? Yes. I, I, I write all the lyrics. Uh, my guitarist writes all the songs and my bassist comes in and he drops a song on us. We're like, Oh my God, it's fucking incredible. We're using it. You know, it does like two. actually one of the new albums we're working on. I think he wrote like three out of four of them. Uh, yeah, so that was that was very intentional. So 
the uh, the name of the album is 2084. So the name is George Orwell, the musical, uh, of course, 2084 is supposed to be 1984 plus 100 years. Um, and uh, the the uh, the song titles themselves, I at first it came from Room 101 was the first song that I wrote. It ended up being the last song in the album. Um, but I just like the idea of having numbers being uh, the, the titles for all the songs. And I'm getting sh- chills thinking about it right now because I just figured it out the other day. I wrote this fucking album in like 2016, 2017, something like that. And um, there's a song called 123 Words. And I was listening to it one day just preparing for the show because I forgot some of the lyrics and uh, because we'd written it so long ago. And I'm thinking like there's this part in there. It's a speaking part. You know, there's like ambiance and speaking. And it, um, it's just kind of talking. It's it's supposed to mirror um, that chapter that uh, that Winston reads to Julia when they're up in the apartment, when they're reading about uh, Goldstein's, you know, manifesto. Um, but I was like, I wonder if this part is actually 123 words. I plugged it into fucking Google, uh, Google Docs, and I was just like, no fucking way. It is Shut 123 fuck fucking up. words. Shut uh, the, the only fuck up. the only thing I had to do was put the t- so I put everything out. It came to 119 words. And then I was like, oh, that's a little disappointing. It's really close. But then I put 123 words above it as the title. And I was like, no. dude, <laughs> yeah, I lost my shit. I'm still fucking. Yeah. Damn, that is awesome. Yeah, I also. I wrote, so I listened to a lot of uh, Maria 777, my Maria. She has a, a podcast. I don't know if you know her. Do you know yeah. her? Yeah. No, I don't know and, her, but I've heard of her and I like her show. Yeah. Oh, she's, she's incredible. Um, but I wrote out a couple of numbers that I was like, these are going to be my manifestation numbers. You know, that's, that's big on, on a lot of the, the stuff she does, manifestation and stuff like that. So for whatever reason, I chose 28, 33, and 47 because 47 is, is her number. Mm-hmm. And, um, and 33 was my number because I'm 33 this year. And I decided this was going to be my year. You know, finally, like I, I was going to leave all the bullshit behind. This was going to be my year. And it's actually really turning out to be that way. I just turned 33 uh, June 20th. And so one of my mantras is 28 to 3. Now, I don't know if you know much about football. That was the score, um, uh, the Patriots and Falcons Super Bowl. Um, with two minutes left in the third quarter was 28 to three. The Patriots were losing. And I put that up on my, on my dream board so that every morning I wake up, it just tells me like, doesn't matter how fucking terrible it is, how behind you are. There's still a chance the game's not over. Um, and I was looking at my manifestation numbers and I was like, why did I pick 28, 33, 47? And I was like, oh, well I picked 28 because it's, you know, 28 to three, but that was subconscious. And I was like, that's easily explainable. Like it, it was on the same board, whatever. And then 33, and then I'm looking at it and I'm like, holy shit, 28 dash three, 28 to three. And I was like, wow, that's fucked up. And then it's 28 dash 33 dash 47. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh my God, 34 is right there. The final score of the game was 28 to 34. And I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And seven for good luck. It's another touchdown. And I was just like, I had to, I had to step away. Like between that, I figured that out and 123 words in the same, like two or three days. And I was just like, all right, this is my year. This is going to be my year. <laughs> That's so cool. I, yeah. I, yeah, it, it's amazing how the universe says that, man. And I love what you're talking about, about the numbers. Now the sequential numbers is um, angel numbers is what I've heard them referred to as, but these are supposed to be uh, little breadcrumbs from the universe, little reminders, and you can look them up and they, you know, people say different things about them, right? But all of it's positive shit. None of it's like, uh, you're going to get your dick chopped off, you know, if you see 888 or mm-hmm. something like that. That's actually a really good one. You want that one. So whenever you see numbers in sequential, do you pay attention to these on like license plates and all that kind of stuff? 
Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You see them mm -hmm. all the time. How is this a pretty recent phenomenon or have you done it for a long time? Well, you know what? It's kind of like for for whatever reason, I've always been fascinated with numbers. Like Marty Leeds is one of my favorite dudes in the whole world. He's all about numbers and, and letters and numbers and stuff like that, Gematria. And of course, like like that I did the the numbers all for um, you know, for 2084. Uh so Catch to catch twenty two uh, is it like that that part? So okay, I might have to back it up a little bit because that album is supposed to be in a series of albums of which we're like still creating, and the particular element of that album is fire. So all of the lyrics have to do with fire, but the the whole thing is not just about fire. it's about the destructive nature of fire and the positive nature of light, you know, and the and the difference between the two. The most of the album is about Prometheus and how he brought fire to the humans. Um, you know, and the, and the gods railed against him for it. You know, you weren't supposed to do that shit. But the way that humans turned around and used fire for evil at the same time, you know, cook their fruit in the, in the evil. And uh, uh, and then there's the another title is, uh, like, like I said, 123 words. And then there's uh, Room 101. Oh, shit, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the first one. Uh, oh, Fahrenheit 450, Fahrenheit 451 degrees of Fahrenheit, actually. Yeah. Sir. Yeah. That's because, yeah. And that's, um, that song, it like, those songs are all about the, like the death and destruction of, of warfare, but how it ties together, like going all the way back to, so it, it's filled with all types of, uh, like classical Greek illusions, uh, all those myths and mythology and stuff like that. Um, and, and like, it's, it's littered with all kinds of, uh, just, Super obscure shit that I totally did for myself. No one is ever going to fucking know that I pulled an entire sentence out of uh, A Tale of Two Cities. You know what I'm saying? Like, no one's ever going to fucking catch that. But because at the time I was reading Moby Dick and like reading Moby Dick is just like, if you don't understand all of those illusions from the great books of the Western world, you're fucking lost. Like they're talking about, you know, the the head was weighed down by the two by the two heads of a whale. You know, one was Spinoza, the other one was Kant. And you know, you're trying to figure out which to drop. When if you drop them both, you'd, you'd be better off anyway. You know, and it was Melville's way of saying like you don't need the philosophy. You know, life is philosophy. Um, so I was like trying to like shove a bunch of shit in there. You know, like I, I, I'm big on 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 Greek and Roman history. So like the Pythia played a huge role in it. Also, um, yeah. And I'm sorry I got away from it. So yeah, number manifestation. Like it's weird because when you start manifesting numbers, you start choosing numbers to manifest in your life. You start seeing them, but then when you think back, you start seeing them in your past, and that's what really fucks you up is like when you start realizing that those numbers go back in time, you, you were already doing it. Um, and like I said, that's what I did with 123 words. That was not intentional at all. And I still get freaked out about it. It's awesome. Uh, these, these types of things are fascinating to me. And these are part of the synchronicities that I pay attention to as well. Now, the, the question you ask yourself, of course, is, is are they occurring because I'm paying attention to them and therefore I notice things that are already there anyway that I just wasn't dialed into? I always use the reference of the Lego piece. I don't know. I'm a huge Lego nerd. Um, I don't know. Did you play with Legos as a child? 
Oh, yeah. Okay, so you remember eventually all of your sets end up in this tub, right? And so later on, you're, you're fishing through this thing. You're trying to find that four-by-four four piece, you know? You're just like, I just need one of those. And you're like, I know I have 30 of these things in here, but you can't find a damn one of them. And then when you're like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll go look at the two-by-twos, and I'll come back to the four-by-four. Four. Second, you look for a two-by-two, two, you found all 30 plus five of the four-by-fours that you were looking for originally. It's, it's this zen thing, and I don't understand it because that – contradicts the fact that once you start paying attention to something, you see it everywhere. But the Zen thing about this is that idea is, is what you pay attention to disappears. Uh, I think I got that from the movie Hot Rod, actually. Um, it, I'm actually certain that I did. Uh, Bill Hader, yeah. he's, that's a great movie. Uh, but this is, this is what's so weird about this, is that it's, it's both. So, so which is it? I mean, obviously yours works because you're paying attention to it, and so you draw it to you. But don't you feel like sometimes something you're looking for is just out of reach like you you can't find it even though you know it should be right there yeah i think that's because you're trying to find it that's it right yeah and uh, uh we spoke about this on my podcast uh that's you you start finding that once you have that element that the missing element of manifestation is letting go once you just let go and you don't give a shit about it it comes fucking running to you you know and that's it's you can't get away from that you know, I used to play this game with people when I first started learning about manifestation because I was I uh, I studied massage therapy. I never practiced it, but I went through all the schooling and stuff like that. So we learned you, you learn about all that stuff, including astrology. You know, they teach you they, they're trying to make like a well-rounded practitioner. And I used to fuck with people. I'd see people rummaging around in their bag. And I'll tell them, like, what are you looking for? They're like, oh, you know, I'm looking for this this fucking pen or whatever, whatever they're looking for in their bag. And I would just like reach into the bag and grab it and pull it out. They're like, how the fuck did you do that? I was like, because I wasn't looking for it. You know, it's and, and I used to do I do that with my own bag all the time. Like if I'm saying I'm trying to find shit in there, and I'm like, oh, it's because I'm trying to look for it. And you just pull it out. You have the most success with manifesting the thing that you want if you just let it go. It is this idea. It is the idea that you have to just release it and not think about it to attract it. But what's interesting about it is if you're curious about or interested in it anyway, it's the largest contradiction to me in the manifestation process. It's the hardest one. And the more you think about it, the harder it becomes. The more you think about not thinking about it, that's all you're thinking about. It's this cycle. And so the letting go part of it's very, very interesting. So what's the tip? Like, let's say you set an intention. Is the tip to then go do something completely different that has nothing to do with that? Well, there's there's like a time and a place to do both, right? You have to set the parameters first. So uh, I'm like a big Bob Proctor fan. Mm -hmm. uh, I just feel like he overdoes it sometimes. Mm -hmm. But one of his one of his biggest things he says, if you hold it in your mind, you'll hold it in your hand. You know, so there is a time you have to sit down there and you have to you have to say this is what I want. You have to specify what it is. You know, whether it's a goal, uh, a relationship, a a, a thing, uh, money, whatever the hell it is. You have to have that time to sit down and say, this is what I want. You have to concentrate on it, think about it, envision it. You have to see yourself holding the thing. Um, and then after you've had that time, whether that's you know a couple minutes before bed or a couple minutes after waking up or a couple minutes in the middle of the day. Um, but once, the, once you close the book on those moments, you, don't, you can't think about it. You know, you have to get up, go about your life and just it. And then it just comes to you. You know, I mean, granted, there's there's always like uh, there's always the times when it doesn't, but that's because it's not supposed to. And you usually find that if there's something that you want, 
the universe has a fucked up way of, of doing this to you too, where if there's something that you want, it won't give it to you right away. It'll either make you work for it or it'll give you something better because you were patient and didn't freak the fuck out because you didn't get the thing like a little baby. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about it though, is, is the idea also of manifestation is you have to put work into it. So let's say for instance, you're working to have a yard of the month. And you've just decided, I want yard of the month. I'm manifesting that. And so I then go outside and tend my garden because that's part of it, right? The whole time you're doing the work that's necessary to achieve garden of the month, you're thinking about garden of the fucking month. And so whenever you do that, you're visualizing yourself. It's part of the same practice. But can you put too much energy into the vis visualization? And then that's where it starts to repel because that's when it starts to become, I guess, more desirable. Or it, it's almost like you have... It, do you see the contradiction that most people struggle with here? Is It's this... And I'm sure you did as well until you figured it out, right? Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not claiming either to have entirely figured it out. I am out. claiming for <laughs> you folks. I will uh, link to your certificate in the bottom that I will have a website made for of your, that you are the go-to guy for this and no one else. Yeah. So the, the work is a huge part of it because the, the, the universe only gives you the opportunity to do the work. Right. Right. You know, That's and you have to, you have to take it up on the opportunity and you have to do the work, you know? And so when you are, of, of course, like, there's okay so maybe there's another element to this right you know there's the visualization there's the walking away from it but then there's the doing it when the opportunity is given to you you know what i mean and in those moments in, in those moments of course you're you're engaging with the thing directly um but even while you're doing it it's like there's a great joke by chris rock he was he said you know god was going through and he created the heavens and the earth and and then he created light and all the animals and all the fish and all that stuff he did all that stuff for six days and on the seventh day he rested it was like now why because you know god's a perfect being why would he rest he was like have you ever rested because you were you were killing it it was like <laughs> no you, you you were sitting there you're like all right i'm fucking this up it's time to take a rest you know what yeah, i mean yeah and uh you know, so of course that, that's another element too. You can't overwork yourself. You know, you can't, you can't, if you're trying to have garden of the month, you can't work on that shit for 29 straight days. You're going to fuck it up. Damn. Okay. So garden of the yard of the month is as good as mine is what you're selling me. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can okay. have it. Thank Are you, you actually right. trying to have yard no, of the month? No. Mm -mm. Just okay, cool. fucking with you. We're just having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I will hard, hard segue. Are you ready for it? Sure. Secret to life. Go. Secret to life. Yeah, all of it. What do you got? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Secret to life. Okay, secret to life. Um, wow. I mean, I guess it would just be uh, spending time with, with the people that you love, whether that's friends or family, as well as loving the work that you're doing. Um, I guess there's nothing worse than living a life that you don't want to live. I mean, how many people do that? They're entirely miserable. But I mean, it's... A lot of it, them. But I mean, the musician in me would say music. Music is the, the fucking secret to life. That's the meaning of life. Um, you can learn so much about yourself and the world from music. You know what I mean? That's, uh, I, I, someone was asking me the other day, they're like, you know, don't you understand that this idea and that idea is a contradiction? Like you have to be logically consistent across, uh, across time and space. And I was like, dude, I'm a musician. I'm a relativist. You know, the, the, the melody is dependent on the key. Yes. You know, yes. It, it's everything. And even even from measure to measure, as you're going through the chord progression, uh, you're going to have to change the melody 
to match the new chord. You know, you can have you can, it could be the same amount of steps. It could be the same exact melody, but, you know, up a fifth or a fourth. But that goes with arguments, too. Like a lot of people get stuck on something. They're like, well, you're supposed to have this logical consistency. You know, you, you think uh, I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head. I, I really can't right now. Um, but like you think these two different things, don't you see that that's that's you know, that's that's a contradiction. It's like, well, it's apples and oranges. And it's even if they retort with, well, they're both fruit. It's like, well, yeah, but you peel an orange and you fuck. I'm not, I know I'm butchering the metaphor. It was started mixed metaphor started with the, the musician metaphor. But uh, yeah, um, I forget how I got there. Secret of life. Yeah, uh, I would say I, I would say children, but I'm a father. I love my son. I fucking hate children. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not a fan. And I'm, I'm not, not a, a father and I love kids. Uh, I think yeah, they're great. Exactly. I, my favorite part is, all right, go back. Cause I'm a big kid anyway. So when kids come over, we show them the ranch and stuff like that. I have a blast with kids because again, I'm basically 11 in a 38 year old body. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's wonderful. But yes, my favorite part of children is they're awesome. And I'm like, and it pooped itself. Here you go. Take it back. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, so secret uh, to life kids. Really? Secret to No, I would say that if I liked kids, but ah. I don't. But your kid, maybe, is the secret to life. You can make the secret to life your own kid. It doesn't have to be a whole genre of children. Right. Yeah, and that totally changed my life. I mean, I would not... I would not be a responsible adult without having a child. And for many years also there, I was not a responsible adult. Still took time many years after he was born. You know? Um, Secret to life? Maybe it's just sex. Mm. Okay, That's, that's interesting. That's probably like my favorite thing to do if i could do that all day every day i'd do that yeah okay uh yeah. that's honest that's honest yeah. i like it yeah okay secret to life is sex you guys heard it here uh how to kill a sacred cow they talk about that all the time that's his whole mantra um you should just change the name of the show to that so uh you and i also are going to do a splinter off band called james dean's corvette what do you think about it Ooh, james dean's would you come up with that name just now oh cool now do you play um so when you were when you were touring, did you do acoustic solo stuff? Yep. Is that what that? I love acoustic solo stuff. I'm I'm. Where's my guitar? Oh, my guitar is in its case. Yeah, I love. I play a cla- uh, a classical. This oh, nylon cat classic. action. Oh. Okay. Oh my god, I love it. It's a Cordoba. Spent three hundred fifty bucks on it like a decade ago, and I I can't buy another guitar. Like I try them. I try them out in the music store, and I'm just like, eh, I can't do it. You know. Um, I've got a classical. I don't ever play it. Uh, I, I like drew all over it. You know, I'm kind of creative with the guitars or whatever. Uh, the one that I put up on, I don't know if you saw the Grace um, McCormick episode, but anyway, she uh, that guitar I hand carved with a Phillips head screwdriver because I was fucking pissed off at a breakup. It actually all happened because I was playing music. I was upset, you know, and I was younger. I was 22, 23, something like that. Anyway, so I uh, just got twisted and I wear glasses. So I had this little eyeglass screwdriver just sitting there. It just happened to be handy. And I was pissed off because I couldn't get what I wanted to out of the guitar. And so I grabbed this thing and I just drew a scratch down the side of it. And then I felt like a piece of shit because uh, I was in that mode of I didn't know how to handle myself. And uh, so I just turned it into art. And that's how the whole piece got started. It was this frustration at a loss that turned into this beautiful piece of art. Uh, but my cat gut string guitar I got from a pawn shop. It was made in 72. I drew all over the front of it. And then on the back, a guy wrote in Latin, that which nourishes me also destroys me when we did a lot of cocaine one night. Um, it was a couple, few of us. And he sat out there and did that. Um, and it was fun anyway. So I don't really play classical guitar, but I do the uh, acoustic thing. Um, first name of our album is going to be Let's Take a Drive, by the way. <clears throat> okay, I'm glad you already thought so, all this out. Yeah, I got you. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm usually I, now if this was like three or four years ago, I, I would have had to take all the naming um, duties. I wouldn't have allowed anyone else in the band to name <laughs> anything. But I'm, a, you know, I'm older. I'm wiser now. No, I, I like it. It's niche and I like it. And I love how your the acronym for it, of course, is got em. That's great. Did you guys do <laughs> yeah, that on purpose? Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, well, that came after, you know, that was just like a synchronicity. And then uh, once we realized it was got em, Yeah. Yeah. Where did you find out that we say got em? I oh, don't. Yeah, I just G-O-T-M. looked at him. Yeah. I just looked at your album cover and it's got it on the dude's face. And so I was like, oh, it says fucking got him. That's awesome. Yeah. I like uh, it. The, nec- the, the next album we're going to do, we're going to call it Gotham 19. Nice. You know, one of the, one of the yes. songs is called like, like the new normal, you know, all that shit. Of course I'm going there. You know, like that's where I'm fucking going with it. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't think anybody's gone there musically like that though. Yeah. Have yeah. They? We, we, sh- we should have already had this album out. We, we've been, sl- I've been slacking cause I'm the one that hasn't written the rest because our guitarist has written everything already so okay it's all on me but yeah it's gonna be called god of 19 and he's not gonna have it's gonna be the same guy same picture as the cover but he's gonna be wearing a mask of course he is yeah yeah makes sense you have yeah. to like it's it, you're just wasting everybody's time if he doesn't <laughs> yeah. yeah uh no i like it man uh so of co- okay well of course i'm gonna link to everything in the bottom of the show notes and as well like i'm gonna link our conversation on your show because that was a fun conversation man you're a wonderful host thank you so much for having me that was a wonderful time um so and that's why i had to get you on over here because dude just you your ideas and the scope of your interest is so wide why the hell are you into greek pottery Oh yeah, you saw the David Warner Mather. Uh, yeah, so I went to art school. Um, I was I went to Mass Art for a semester. I was trying to study film, but they had me fucking in in eight hour drawing classes, and I'm not an artist. And of course, like I would spend all this time, I you know the the we'd be critiquing each other's work, which would be for a grade. The teacher would come over, she'd look at it, I'm like, yeah, Jay, this is bad. I'm like, yeah, I know. I've been in, I've been doing this for fucking two weeks. And she's like, I, I can't give you a good grade on this. This is terrible. And I was like, yeah, okay. What do you think it deserves? Well, I'm giving you an F. And I'm like, great. Totally. Let's do that. Um, yeah, no. So uh, yeah, at the Massachusetts College of Art is on Huntington Avenue in Boston. And it's right next door to the MFA. So everybody at the Mass, at Mass Art gets uh, free access to, to the, to the uh, Museum of Fine Arts, which is one of the greatest museums in the United States, uh, art museums. Uh, and it, but it's one of the smaller ones, but they have one of the most extensive Greek, Greek pottery collections, Greek faces, um, you know, uh, in the world. And they have some of the most renowned pieces in there also. And we had to do, you know, like a month long, uh, kind of, it was like, we had to do a series of essays over the course of a month studying one thing in the museum. So I chose the Greek pottery because for whatever reason it spoke to me. Um, and I was already like as a boy, I was already interested in in Greek mythology and it just seemed natural to pick that. And it was it's just an interest that kind of stuck with me my whole life. Um, you know, I went to the the Met in New York and I geeked out for like three hours in the Greek and Roman. It's it's a wing of the of the museum, but it's a fucking it's a it's a building in and of itself. Uh, and I'm huge on Roman history. Um, I've read a ton of books on, on Roman history, as well as listened to uh, Mike Duncan's history of Rome back to front twice, which is just absurd. You don't have to do that. Because um, it's like, it's something like 300 episodes, I think. And it's, it's, it's a deep dive on Roman history. 
Um, yeah, you know, I've just always been, uh, I, I, it appeals to me, you know, some, some things you can't explain, you know, some things just catch your eye and you're just like, I like that thing, you know, I'm going to, and I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm a Scorpio rising, so it offsets the Gemini in me as so I'm a Gemini Scorpio rising. It's like, and Gemini is supposed to be, everything's on the surface. Everything's fucking, you know, here, here today, gone tomorrow. The Scorpio rising is like, no, we need to investigate this thing, you know? <laughs> and so actually when I was in massage therapy school, my teacher, she was doing charts for everybody free because she, she charged a lot of money to do that. She was a, a, a spiritual healer, massage therapist, Reiki master. Um, she would do charts for everybody, uh, compatibility charts, love charts, stuff like that. And so she did, I assure you not too. She takes a look at my chart and she goes, wow. And I was like, what? She was like, I'm glad I'm not you. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, listen, one of two things is going to happen. You're going to fucking destroy yourself or you're going to become an incredible person. That's going to change the world. I was like, okay. <laughs> Damn. And I, She's like, that'll I, be $80. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she went in depth. You know, because it's not just there's there's different levels of astrology, right? You can do the fucking horoscope papers and then you can you can like plug all your shit into an online calculator and it gives you like the short version of each one of your signs, you know, um, and then you can buy a book and cross reference it with that. But then you can learn how to actually do it and you learn how each of the signs pull on each other and how. You know, some people, because of whatever, because of experience, different aspects of their charts are are, are more accentuated. The other ones are a little duller. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, it took me a long time to like really figure out what I was supposed to be doing with my life. I mean, the band was always there and that was always a pretty uh, creative way to express myself, except that they way too many drugs, wasted way too much time. And the band never really went anywhere, even though like every time we play, you know, we would get on like big bills with, you know, like pretty um, substantial bands, which isn't a hard thing to do in the metal world. You know? Yeah. In the, in the metal world, like, you know a band that you that you think are like fucking gods you know they're they're still living out of a fucking van you know and uh you know we we play with these, with these bands and be like dude what the, you guys are fucking incredible what are you doing it's like partying you want to come what's up uh yeah and so you know the way that she like broke down my chart, she was like, well, look, you know, you get the Gemini, right? It was like everything in my, if you look at my chart too, you know how sometimes, well, a lot of the times it's like, you know, there's a bunch on one side, a little bit over here. When you look at like the circular chart, when they do all the lines, mine is like, it looks like two squares on each other. Um, <laughs> and she was like, it's just like the well-roundedness of, of the chart. And it's crazy because this does feel super egotistic, you know, like super narcissistic. But um, yeah, she's like, it, this doesn't ever happen. She was like, the way that all this stuff is aligned is almost in perfect balance. You've got the Gemini sun with the Scorpio rising. So you've got the superficiality, which gives you a good general layout of things, you know. So it's, it's, so that's really like it's Geminis are kind of uh, they're criticized for that often, you know, jack of all trades or you know, they know a little bit about everything and nothing about anything. Um, but that's where the Scorpio rising really. So I know it, it's actually maddening because like I have a ton of interest and I have to get down in all of them. And I'm like, I'm always reading five fucking books at a time, you know, and uh, and, you know, like a Virgo moon also. And she was like, this offsets the the flittiness of your of of your Gemini, because this is like a very emotional sign. So you have an emotionless sign 
flanked by two water signs, you know, it's like, uh, and, um, you know, so I tend to be like very caring and, and I, I care deeply about the people I'm in relationships with. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't fucking need you though. You know, like it gets me in a lot of trouble. Um, or I get very angry about things that I shouldn't get angry at things that it's like, this person is just being a person and I, I'm fucking infuriated by it. You know, it's shit like that. But then I also have my, my Gemini, my, my Mercury is in Gemini. So that's the planet that rules communication. And so naturally like communicating has always been my thing. And on top of that, I was born with my Mercury in retrograde. So that fucks it all up. <laughs> You know, she's like, I've never fucking seen this before. Like, what the where did you fucking come from? And then and then uh, so, but the 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 cool part about that is that when Mercury is in retrograde and everyone's all fucked up and can't speak and their phones aren't working, I'm like, I'm having a great time. I'm no on way. my fucking game. It's the opposite for you. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, only exactly. like a third of the time. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's shit all, for you for two thirds of the time. Uh, I wouldn't say shit, but it's challenging. Challenging. OK, that's it's a much better word. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Okay, but that is interesting. So while all the people are, you know, losing their shit around you, like you said, uh, you're cool, steady as she goes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's usually where I like I make a lot of money. Yeah. And like I make new friends and yeah, yeah. And then like uh, you know, I'm not gonna go f- that farther into my chart, but uh, and then um, yeah, my Venus is in Gemini, you know, so that is like that's counterbalanced to the Virgo Moon. Because also that's like a very um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a, uh, a contradictory. It, well, yeah, it's contradictory, but it's a promiscuous sign. Ah, scary. right. It's a very yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's very much like a like a fun, loving type of relationship kind of a sign, but it's promiscuous. And then the the Scorpio rising, you're just like horny all the time, right? You know, like these things just fucking it's fucked up, man. So al- alcohol and drugs is how you. I was about to you, say, yeah, you get through that, yeah. right? Yeah, that was the follow-up question, but uh, thank you for hitting on it. I appreciate that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's fascinating, man. And I've never heard of the chart being balanced out like that, like you said. But that is an interesting combo, and in the infinite number of ways, or the finite number, because there's only so many signs, there's only so many people, you know, times in which this can occur. So of course, it's going to end up like that. And that's interesting, man. And I think that if if there's something to be said about astrology, which you know, I've had several people on that say that. You know, millionaires don't fuck with astrology, billionaires do. And so there is definitely something going on to it. All presidents have had astrologers, you know, even lizard people need astrologers. So uh, there's something to it for sure. And um, it's interesting to me. I definitely don't know enough about it. And the wife, like I said, will go off on these columns of things and she'll read it to me. And she's just like, oh, my God, can you believe your signs? And I'm telling you, spot on, spot on uh, impression here. I love it, man. Look at your signs. I just realized in my voice for my wife is Bill Hicks voice for any female. That's great. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering where I got that from. Bill Hicks. Thank you, Bill. We miss you. Oh, but I love, I love the Southern accent. Anytime I go to the South, I'm like, I love all you motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm in love with it. And, and some people, so I live up here in Massachusetts and my accent, I don't have it's one. Horrible. I consciously did it's this. Such I, bad accent. Oh, dude. I, it was a very conscious decision when I was a kid. Yeah, it's my mother, so my, unfortunate. Why did it stick? I don't know. There's, we don't do these things because they are easy. We do them because they are hard. <laughs> and that's why we went to the moon. Um, 
Fuck you guys yeah. just were stubborn. Like, it's not a good accent. No offense, people in the North. I'm from the South. We have an angelic, and there are some ridiculous Southern accents too, okay? This is on both sides, but let's be honest here. It sounds like you guys got into an accent. Everyone hated it, but you all just kept doing it because everyone hated it. You you have this accent as a culture out of spite. Yeah, we do a lot of things out of spite, you know? And there's that great, Joe Rogan's got a great joke about it too. He's like, you know, they, they grow up in the in the north is like you walk out into the fucking it's oh, shoveling. Ah, I hate it, man. I hate it. I hate shoveling. And we we had like for, from like 2017 to 2018, it was an unbelievable amount of snow. It was an unbelievable amount of snow. Anyway, um, yeah, no, he's got that joke. He's like, you get out outside and it's fucking cold and you got to fucking shovel your car out and you get in the car and you turn it on and you're just like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And it's just like, but it creates this community like we got to stick together, you know? <laughs> And it's just like, it's totally true. You know what I mean? Like all my friends, like, well, I have, it was one of the reasons I never left up here. I mean, my son is a reason now. And with all the, uh, the Corona stuff going on and going on other lockdown, the, the, the stuff, the Corona stuff, the thing. What is that? I don't know. It's, it, ha- I, I forget, I forget Corona. exactly what it is. Everybody just keeps talking about it. I don't know. I just, I just go with it. Um, but, because, you know, I, I'm very tempted to just bounce like Massachusetts got bad. And I just, my mom lives down in Florida went down to Tampa. I did not want to leave. Like I had to get dragged out of Tampa, like, and I'm not fucking around. Um, if I went in and, Texas, I would have, Florida's looking real good right now with what the governor's talking about. Dude, have yeah. you seen that man? Yeah. You I should have. just put on a cape and just walk around. We'd be fine with it. Everybody's fine with this guy wearing a cape. Yeah. He's, he's, dude. he's going for president. That's what he's doing. He's going oh, for president. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it was any if any of it was real, I would think it's awesome, but it's not. Um, it's politics. But this dude at least is saying something that people can get behind, which is an interesting part of the psyop. Do you think that he's another puppet, you know, that's telling that's saying this to kind of incite this division and kind of inspire, you know, like a Will, William Wallace kind of thing, but a psyop version of it? It's definitely a possibility, um, but he's he's still big on the vaccines. You know, he's still he's still like, ah, there it is. you know, he's still like, oh, yeah, we so we did it right. But, you know, we don't have to do these things because we did the vaccine. We don't have, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's against the the mandating of all that stuff, which I'll give him credit for that. You yeah, know, yeah, that yeah. that he's he's it's all voluntary. It's all on a voluntary basis. Um, but, you know, he's still I saw him in an interview and he was saying some shit like, uh you know, he was like nursing home deaths are down because we were so good with distributing the vaccines first to the nursing homes. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, OK, take your fucking victory lap. Whatever. <laughs> you know, um, no, I think everything's a psyop. I'm kind of in that camp. Oh, yeah. Um, and very few things I, I, I don't I, I think aren't, you know, I have a tough time with like meeting new people and. Uh, talking about anything super seriously without. You know, they're like, well, where's your evidence? Where's your foot? I'm like, ah, you really want to do this right now? All right. Come back. Come back to my house. I got some books. I got some links. Like, I don't carry a fucking link tree with me on all this shit. And that's a hard thing, too, is right. I mean, you learn so much over the course of like, I mean, I've been at this. I, I had a podcast back in uh, 2012, 2015. That's when I like the research for like really started. If you want to call it research because you get shit from people for calling it research. <laughs> and they're like, you're not doing double blind studies. It's like you can't do that with get history. The fuck fuck out of here. Yeah. You know, Let's just talk about the ideas. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And 
There's also something, you know, and you just, you're for like, I don't know. I read a book in 2015. It was very convincing. I'm going to have to go back and I guess like reread it and fucking go comb through his sources too. Um, but uh, like, you just kind of get, get a lot of stuff from inference, right? Just from reading history. You're like, well, I don't know. Governments have been slaughtering civilians for thousands and thousands of years, it, whether it's with swords or guns or missiles or bombs or vaccines. They've been, it's just a different new thing. Um, I was a rapper for many years. Get out of here. That I was yes, waiting for yes, it. it there was something else. I was like, you've got to, you, you manufacture roller skates in your part time. What do you, what else do you have? Okay. <laughs> what did you rap about? Uh, Lil, about Lil all this J. shit. What was your name? First of all, we need to know your name. Yeah. It was, it was the PhD. The PhD. Yeah. 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 Hmm. It was good. I was trying to sound too black. You know, if I were to do it these days, it would sound much more white. But the content was still good, actually. You know, it was. That's a good point, though. How do you do rap without imitating the culture that created it? Um, by being yourself. Well, nobody says that. You know, the dude that was in Hootie and the Blowfish is singing like a white guy. He's just singing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you were to listen to it, you go, "Oh, I see what he's saying. I understand." Right. You know, it's just trying to sound like too street, too hard. But that's the cadence. That's like the way that it interacts with the beat. That's the thing. I mean, what are you supposed to... Okay, give me the whitewashed version of something. Just go ahead, anything. Like, and, and, and make version. it, yeah, a rap, a whitewashed rapper that's trying not to sound black. All right. Have you ever heard uh, Dynamite Hack's version of Easy es Yes. Cru- that's your example. Cruising down the street in my 6-4, jocking the bitches... They did that. You know I, what I mean? I, That's the. You're right. That is the perfect example, and it's it's okay, but it's only okay because we have the original to compare it to, and it's fun. the mm-hmm. The thing about it is, is I I really think we're onto something here. I've never talked about this before, <laughs> but I think that there's something to this. There, it it goes with it. It's a cultural thing. You know, another weird damn thing is how people with British accents don't sing with a British accent. No, but they rap with a British accent. What the fuck is that about? Uh, this is yeah, turned into a know. Seinfeld sketch. Uh, huh. No, I've never really thought about that. Yeah, because the, the Rolling Stones don't sound like they're singing with a, you know, Mick Jagger doesn't sound like he's singing with a British accent. No, I mean, tons of people, uh, maybe a little bit Elton John, but really not. I mean, it's very subtle if it is. And then they start talking and they're like, oi, you know, or whatever. And it's it's crazy. You're like, what the fuck did that come from? But they've been that way so, the whole time. Think about like I, Roger Waters. I mean, actually, Roger Waters. Roger Waters did sound British. I was about to say, um, okay, yeah, Pink Floyd <clears throat> was one of those examples, but look at the Beatles. Yeah. Um, I think it has to do with just the nature of singing in the English language. So when you're like training to be a singer, um, you know, I took, I took lessons for many years. The way that you approach the vowels, there's no, there's no wiggle room for accent. Right. And I feel like maybe the accent can only happen if you really try or if it's really just you, you know, it's just like, you know, because usually when you're singing, you're singing on the vowels. And if you're on a consonant, it's it's just to get to the next vowel. Yes. So maybe it doesn't allow for that. That's the only thing I could think of other than maybe that. uh, I mean, most Western music is trying to imitate American music anyway. So maybe that's that's it. But English um, was made up over there. You know what I'm saying? It's like they didn't yeah, sing that's before. Good... Like then in the, by that standard, why don't we sing with English accents? 
because uh, we're fucking American. Bro. Yeah, God bless it. Yeah, America. Yeah. God bless America and no place else. <laughs> Fuck the rest. Uh, you know, um, damn it, I had something else about this. It was brilliant, and now I've forgotten it. It wasn't that brilliant. Uh, this is this is an awesome observation in music. I think that we've really cracked the code here on some stuff. Uh, yeah. I like these rabbit holes, and I think we should continue it. So what what's the deal then with... Um, you have different regions of the country singing in accents. Let's take country music, for instance. They sing with a draw. Now, some mm-hmm. of them don't speak like that normally, and they'll add that draw to it. It's purposeful because it's part of the package. It's part of the deal. Um, yes. But uh, that's what I think hip-hop and rap are as well. That's, there's like a there's a theme to it, man. And if you come in there and try and you know do this thing with it, I think it would be seen as a worse idea. Plus, it's not authentic. People who are listening to that kind of music are influenced by that kind of cadence, by are influenced by that kind of speech syntax, and all of this shit goes into it. Grammar. And these type of ideas are, you know, the way that it tickles the beat, you know, how they're able to make this flowetry, as it's called. It, this, this is a great observation in music. I really think that we've hit on this here. Yeah. But, I mean, there are also white rappers that rap like they're white. You well, know. you have, like, little Lil Dicky I love. Have you ever heard that guy? No. Oh my God. Look, okay. Uh, do you have a notepad or something near you? Yeah. Okay. Write down Pillow Talk or Pillow Talking or Pillow Talk by uh, Lil, Lil Dicky. Now, do me a favor though. Don't listen to the song. Watch the video. Okay. The way this dude does this is fascinating, man. The video is awesome because it's really, really well done. The production quality and shit, the chicken, it's hot. It's great. And then, um, but Lil Dicky, uh, he is awesome the way that he presents this song it's like something i've never heard with hip-hop ever you'll you'll see text me once you watch it uh okay i want to know what you think okay uh so favorite conspiracy theory what you got oh that's a tough one um it would have to be okay i say favorite you know something it's whatever your favorite is okay well i first learned about this particular theory in the undying stars uh, by david warner mathis and he wrote it in 2015 and then he well he and he got the idea from someone named flavio barbiero and this book is called uh, the secret society of moses and it's it's the idea that so vespasian was the emperor of rome in you know 69 70 AD. it was like the year of the five emperors he was the emperor that won um, because all of the um, all the generals battled it out after the death of uh, someone. Either either he was murdered or he died of natural causes, and all the generals declared themselves emperor all at the same time. It just had it out. So Vespasian wins, and then he goes and he invades Israel, Judea, and basically. So I guess it would, you'd have to backtrack a little bit. So. Israel had been subdued by uh, by the Greeks first. Um, so after Alexander's empire broke apart, uh, you know, one general, uh, so Ptolemy took Egypt, the uh, Sassanid took, you know, Persia, another one took the, the Greek and Roman area, uh, the Greek areas. And, you know, uh, one of them took Israel with it all. And so it got Hellenized and all that stuff. And there were divisions and all that stuff. Um, but there was always a uh, there, there was always a resistance to the to the Greeks uh, on the part of the Jews. And once the Romans came in and they took over Judea, they, they, they did it in two waves. They had to invade them twice. But this one, this time it was for real. Vespasian crushed them. And the 
the warrior, there was a priestly warrior class of which Josephus, the, the historian, uh, was a part of. And they all agreed that to keep the Romans from the secrets of the Jews and and the gold that was stashed you know, throughout the country, they decided that they were going to kill killed themselves they were all gonna run each other on the sword and the last one was gonna kill himself josephus was the last guy and he goes to kill himself and he goes mm, maybe i shouldn't <laughs> and he and he sells out everybody and uh he tells the romans where the gold is and uh. Vespa- vespasian lets him live gets all the secrets uh whatever those secrets are and they go he brings him back to rome and josephus lived out the rest of his life in vespasian's villa well, what what Josephus did was he brought all of uh, he all of he brought a huge amount of of his family members, friends, administrators, priests, all kinds of people into the Roman Empire, and they like spread themselves out, and uh, they infiltrated the military because the military was the the dominant social instrument. Uh, it was the the dominant um, institution of the Roman Empire. And they had all of these these outposts in place where they would keep the legions, very important places like up on the Rhine and the Danube. They had one in in England and they had one, you know, uh, along the frontiers and things like that. And those became like the dominant power centers. And if they, you can find all of these in the grottos of like Hadrian's Wall and in, in the grottos in the Danube and all that stuff, you find all of these pre-Christian uh, symbols and all this stuff that is it's called the Sol Invictus Mithra um, cult. And that was a dominant cult of the Roman uh, military. And so the military got taken over by, and now it sounds like the ultimate like anti-Semitic, like Jewish conspiracy, but this one is just like fascinating to me. And so uh, you have what are possibly like Jewish emperors later on down the line um, or people that were influenced by this cult. And this cult gets picked up by, Constantine and he runs with it and he uses and it, it becomes Christianity. Right. So he's like, he takes what was like being debated as at the time as Christianity and injects the soul Invictus into it because he knows that it's a great tool for social control and, you know, fast forward the, the empire falls and all that stuff. But all of the, all of the European kingdoms that come about in the dark ages and all that stuff, all those, if you look at all their symbols, all the heraldry, and these are all separated by time and distance and all that stuff, they couldn't really communicate with each other, but they all had the same Jewish symbols. And so it's like this great conspiracy that goes forward into like the Masons and all this stuff. It's like the biggest conspiracy of all time, but this particular like group or organization that spans time, they're the ones that stamped out eventually, you know, um, all of the ancient wisdom, you know, all of the the when they went to South America and just totally raised it because now they're starting to find out that you go to all these places. We were, I think we were talking about this earlier too. Um, you know, they they go to all these places. The the architecture is way too is way too good. You know, all the the the, the Graham Hancock stuff, all that. You know, and so it's just been this this multi thousand year conspiracy to create the world that we have now and make us forget all the old ancient stuff that the Jews were trying to protect. Like they were supposed to be the last, like, I don't know, civilized uh, people that held the secrets. They got them from Egypt, you know, when they, when they were in Egypt, you know, so, Oh, um, but it all gets like perverted over time by the Romans. And then, you know, it just get it's, it's, it's definitely my favorite one because it's the one that's like, I don't fucking know, but you know, I spent like two years reading about it. 
know, type of thing. Um, but yeah, that's why, that's why it continues today. That's why you're hearing all these stories about like, you're looking at these mountains in, uh, where's, where's one of the ones it's somewhere in, in the Balkans. And there's another one, I think in the Philippines, it's like, no, dude, that's a fucking pyramid. And that pyramid is like five times the size of the pyramid of Giza, you know, and it's, and then with the mud flood stuff, you know, this could possibly tie into all that, you know? So that's definitely my favorite conspiracy theory. Yeah. Thought I was just going to say aliens, right? Does this guy know how to party or what? <laughs> Dude, you just had like the hardest Allison Cooper moment because I'm sitting here, you're in a rock band and I'm picturing myself as Wayne and I'm backstage and you're just sitting here telling me about how Miliwake is an Algonquin <laughs> word. That means the good land, right? <laughs> and, and, excuse me, it's actually pronounced Miliwake. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. That is so much information. Like it's this is what I'm saying. Why you're so well rounded? I get your chart, man. It's you're, you're into <laughs> great music. Like you, you're badass. You have great conversation. You're great at your podcast hosting thing, which is a whole different deal, man. It takes a whole different set of skills. And then now you know all this cool shit about uh, ancient cultures and how it even ties in and integrates in today. It's fascinating, dude. I mean, you're the what you what you're interested in is interesting, which is cool. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And uh, you know what, too? The fucking podcasting is so underappreciated. I agree. You know, it's if you like, do it right. It, it, yeah, if you do it right. It takes it takes such a variable amount of skills, a variety of skills. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I mean, I was lucky enough to do um, video production and broadcasting in high school. I was in the communications academy. Of course, like that's why I originally went to Mass Art was to study film to continue that type of stuff. And um, obviously, I, I carried it on as an interest. But like, you know, just the amount of shit that you have to learn, like, okay, yeah, you think you're going to be able to get a camera. Obviously, I knew that this was going to be a thing, but you go to buy a fucking camera and you're talking to the guy. You're like, hey, man, you know, oh, you should probably get a DSLR. Oh, okay, yeah, I know what that is. I get it. But then you're like, you're like, oh, fuck, I forget how frame rates work. Yeah. And is the shutter speed supposed? Oh, it's supposed to be twice the frame rate. And then you're like, then you're spending like uh, I had to actually once I uh, start, I, I got the whole Adobe suite. And that's fucking everything. It's Premiere, Photoshop, Lightroom, the whole shebang. And I had to take like a, a 40 hour course on Premiere because it's not at all <laughs> yeah. intuitive, not at all. And everything had changed. I hadn't done video production in years. And so, you know, I mean, that of course is the amount of time that you have to spend like preparing for a podcast, getting to know your guests before you have them on and all that stuff. But the technical stuff and then like all the stupid shit, like you're, you're like, you're like, you know, you're like, Oh my God, how do I use the keyframe to make this, this text larger yeah. a little bit, you know, and it's just like, and then you, you know, just all kinds of shit, but it's, it, it yeah. And then uploading, uploading is an art in and of itself. Yes. Like, yes. like, man, I, I love bit shoot, but fuck bit shoot. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not on there yet. Everybody tells me to keep getting, everybody keeps telling me to get on there. You think I should? It's great if fucking the thing that you upload actually uploads. Ah, so you're selling it pretty well. So I should probably hold off. It's great. It's great. Yeah, I know, it is. It is like all the all the stuff that's been banned on YouTube. All the it's like, oh, what was that fucking documentary I saw in 2016? Uh, what was it called? Hellstorm. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it's on fucking BitChute. No you way. Know? Yeah, yeah. So all the stuff that's been, oh. pulled, you know, okay, it's I'll great. Throw it. I'll throw it's it just, there. I'm patient. That's fine. Yeah. No, no, it's not patience. That's not the thing. It's it's literally like you fucking upload your shit. It takes 25 minutes and then the screen, you know, it gets to 100 percent. 
and then that screen goes away and you're like, you hit finish and it says you have to upload a video and you go, no. And then you upload it again and it does the same fucking thing. And then you close out the browser. What's that? It never duplicates. It never goes up there twice. Uh, no, it more often than not just doesn't upload. <laughs> and then you're fucking like, it's it's infuriating. But and you think it's got something to do with the bit rate. And then you and then you spent and then you spent all night trying to figure out why your shit's not uploading to BitChute, and everybody just goes, "Hey, sometimes it just doesn't work." Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> we- Odyssey is Odyssey is better. Except that it you can only fucking upload in 720. All my videos are in 1080. Yeah. Do you know what that means? Oh, you gotta compress the shit out of it. Yeah, it's not just that. You have to fucking go in and, and shrink everything in the sequence settings. Shrink the sequence and then shrink the graphics and shrink the text. And then the things that you it's just like, oh, you know what? I never thought about it. I, I could nest it all. I never thought about that. I could nest all the files and then okay, you know what that. I just thought about that right now. All right, explain it for the audience. Go ahead. No, you can nest files in Premiere. Like if you have like five or six video files or like a bunch of graphics, you can nest them all into one thing on the sequence. And I never thought about that till right now. Oh, yeah. So everybody out there, my shit's going to be on Odyssey very soon. <laughs> I just, uh, I just when you get it problem. up, let me know. I'll, I'll post it. I'll uh, link it out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, there's a lot more to it, man. I just recently went through and redid all the thumbnails for my YouTube videos. I didn't know that was a fucking thing. And now I'm a graphic designer. And so it's like, okay, so we make videos, we, you know, and we have to be able to send great emails, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's a whole professionalism, uh, when you get to speaking to some of the guests that you've had as well, man. I mean, you get to these people and you're talking to their publicist or something like that. You got these gatekeepers and you're yeah. super formal. And I'm like, I didn't get fucking go to school for this shit. So I look up templates on like nice email writing and shit. But it makes you really, like you said, well-rounded. And you're basically running a business, you know, uh, with just you being the only employee. It's pretty cool. I was actually pretty impressed with, like, your your intake forms, you know, to get into the podcast. So it's like, Dude, I don't even do that. that. Yeah, copy that and use it. It's just something I came I up will. with and wrote. Yeah. So it's, it's just it's like a, a little idea. welcome letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just change your name and the uh, uh, time and date and stuff. It's just, that's it. And just some housekeeping, man. I did have to put that, please put your, cl- plug your device in on there for the for the audience whenever i get a guest i send out a welcome and confirmation email uh that has basically our time and date confirmed and then some housekeeping stuff like uh you know send me links and uh, you know bio whatever and then uh hey this thing's going to be videoed if you're cool with that but also plug your device in yes it has been an issue so you gotta you gotta think about that Uh, and i've had wireless headphones die so i've kind of suggested against those that letter's gotten a lot longer as i've been doing this a little bit longer i'm like oh Yeah. yeah don't forget to tell them not to do this you know make sure you have a light in front of you it's weird you know the things that you have to think about. Uh, and you only do that whenever you ruin someone's interaction with you by not having that stuff done. And so you're like, fuck, I've actually got a whole, I want to say nine, eight episodes or something like that that don't have, I don't have up on YouTube or anything because the video was so shit uh, because I I call that time period um, BGI before good internet. And then we got our internet upgraded out here because we live in the country. And then I have AGI after good internet. Those are all the videos that are up there and worth their shit. The other ones were so glitchy dude i had to go in and make a thousand edit points in the audio alone and i was like fuck these videos i can't do it so it's yeah like you said man there's just a lot fucking to it man dude i tell people all the time fucking ethernet cable 
Like, I don't know why I have to explain uh, this. Fucking Ethernet cable. And I don't even go that far with it, dude. I'm just like, man, we'll take what we can get. Most of the time, it's okay. I can clean the audio up here. And yes, there have been some hard, like, Zoom glitches. And I'll grab that bitch and snap it together. You know, you go in and do some surgery or whatever, but... Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can you can forgive someone that's not a podcaster. If you're talking to another podcaster, get a fucking Ethernet cable. <laughs> yeah, quit fucking around, man. What are we doing, amateur hour? It's like twenty bucks. Get a Cat Nine. <laughs> get the most expensive, stupid one you can. They're plug, not that expensive. Plug that and bitch. You never right have an in. issue. Yeah. Right in there. Yeah. Anything anything else that's on Xfinity or FiOS or whatever the fuck that's on them. The rest of that, but you you did your part. That's so funny. Um. Well, shit, dude. Uh, let's let's probably wrap it up here, man. Uh, tell me uh, a few things that you're grateful for in your life, man, before we wrap. Let's do this. This whole episode's been a positive experience, but let's fucking kick it up a notch. Yeah, no, you know what? I am super grateful for everybody that I've met over the past two months, um, everybody in the podcasting world. I cannot like even begin to express how thankful I am uh, that not only have they been like, they've given me their time, um, but they're always super helpful. Um, and they, they always just like... they. I I've, didn't know that everybody in this community was as nice as they are. Um, I'm super grateful that everything has been going as well as it has. Um, I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for um, shit waking up in the morning. You know, I'm grateful that when I wake up in the morning, I'm happy to be up because that wasn't always the case. Yeah. Um, and I'm grateful um, for the, not only that, but for all the podcasts that I do listen to, I'm grateful that all those people even exist because I've learned so much from them. Um, and now that's you too. Uh, and yeah. And, and fucking, I don't even know, like the, the content game has been so strong lately that I'm, it always brings a little piece of joy to my life every day. I don't get to listen to as many podcasts now as I used to, but, um, Yeah. You know, I'm grateful for, you know, if I wanted to take like a long, uh, uh, like a much more personal side of it too, I'm like super grateful for my family. You know, uh, we're, we're a very dysfunctional family, <laughs> but everybody, you know what I mean? In the family, they just, they, they give you the shirt off their back and you know, that you're fucking, you're in a hole. Here's a thousand bucks, you know, don't even ask for it back. And, you know, it's just like a shit like that. That makes you want to cry sometimes. Like when you're the most down on your luck and like your mom gives you a thousand bucks, you know what I mean? Like, um, I haven't had to cash that chip in in a while, but, um, you know, I know that she's always there, but yeah, my family for sure. You know, and I'm grateful for you, Brendan. Ah, oh, shit, dude. Ah, oh, I am truly grateful for you, my friend. No, this has been awesome. We met on Union of the Unwanted. We were both, and we talked about this on your show. Linked in the bottom, guys. Go check that interview out. Jay is incredible. Go subscribe to his channel. Phenomenal show. So uh, we met on uh, Union of the Unwanted, and like you said on that show, who the fuck brought this guy here? You know, what's he doing here? Uh, Charlie brought me there, by the way. Um, but we've both had on the show. Charlie Robinson, he's wonderful. Uh, so... Um, but no, you just got such clarity, dude. And I'm grateful that you reached out. I'm grateful that we connected, man. And you're doing a, a hell of a job, dude. I mean, you're murdering it. So just keep moving forward, brother, you know? Uh, so I am grateful for you. Absolutely. Uh, we will do this again soon. Jay, thank you so much, man. This was awesome. Thank you, Brandon. Jay Hinahan, everybody. Uh, awesome, awesome guy. Y'all make sure to check out the links below uh, for all the ways to find him. 
uh, just thankful for him, man. Uh, us connecting is really, really cool. So he's just a really good dude and uh, grateful to know this guy. So um, like I said, check him out in the show notes, guys. Um, as for this show, though, you can find us at expandingrealitypodcast.com. That is where the links to all of the socials will be found. We actually also upgraded to, uh, I want to say like 12 or 16 new platforms. So we're on over... 28 different ways that you can find us out here, plus the website, plus YouTube, of course, which you can link to from the website. So we're not hard to find, guys. Uh, thank you all so much for spreading the message. The show is doing wonderfully, and I'm grateful that you guys are interested in the same stuff I am. So this has been a lot of fun, and thank you all for being along for the ride. Just wanted to say that from the bottom of my heart. I Also, go out into your week this week, guys, and just buy somebody a meal or a coffee in line behind you. Uh, you know, pick up a piece of litter. Don't litter in the first place. Of course, be nice to every animal that you come across. Uh, and of course, that means humans as well. Uh, get out of the left-hand lane, preferably. Thank you all for doing that. And uh, also go out into your world this week, guys. And the big message of all of it, man, is just to be good to one another. Thank you all so much for listening. It means, it means the world to me. Thank you. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.